Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Peter Gabbett Podcast. I'm your host, Peter Timothy Hankston. Today is November 30th, 2020, which means I'm on day 352 in a row of 365 promised episodes that brings you unedited, unscripted, improv, news, movies, music, sports, food, entertainment, and all things except politics. Well, folks, it's Cyber Monday, and I thought just maybe, maybe I could find a PS5 somewhere on Cyber Monday. But of course, absolutely everywhere I looked, they are still sold out. Target, nope. Walmart, no. Amazon, Best Buy. I mean, you name it, they don't have it. Even the Sony website itself which you would assume would have the most in stock out of any of them, considering they actually create this device, has zero PS5s for sale on Cyber Monday. Now, I'm not trying to get a better deal. I'll pay full price. Impact? Impact? Yes, it is an impact on my life. But in fact, I will actually pay extra if I can get the PS5 before Christmas. But I'm pretty sure it's not going to happen, which means I will be one of the many peeps who's waiting till most likely after the new year to get my PS5 and I'll be out of the loop by then. Everyone else will have already had their PS5 for a month or two. Everyone will know all the tricks, all the new games, everything that's so great about it. I'll be learning, but that's not a big deal because then I'll be able to consult with them. One of the reasons why I don't care too much about not getting a first-generation console right off the bat, pre-ordered before anybody else, is because sometimes there's bugs in the first one. And the first shipment of them go out, people start playing them, they realize they're messed up, they gotta send them back, get them fixed, and then they fix that bug with the next generation of them that they send out. And... The people get them a little bit late, like me, don't have to worry about sending their stuff back in. Now, typically speaking, I'm on the ball and I am able to get the PS whatever it is before anyone else. But this time around, they just didn't make enough PS5s for demand. And I don't think I'm going to get one. But if you have an idea, if you have an inkling, any just clue as to where... When, why, how, and how much I would be able to get a PS5 at any time before Christmas. Please, oh please, let me know. Shoot me a message on the Peter Gabbett Facebook page or directly. Get my number, whatever. Just just do me that favor. I've done you this favor of blabbing on and on about useless crap for months and months at a time. At the very least... You can do me the solid of telling me where to get a PS5. Well, folks, once again, it's hard booger season. Yeah, you're going to think that this is weird that I'm even talking about this, but I don't care because I'm going to talk about it anyways, and we all deal with this. Hard boogers. I'm talking a booger that latches on to the wall of your schnoz on the inside 
so that when you have to tear this son of a bitch out, it literally shreds a strip of your flesh from your sinus and takes it with it, oftentimes causing your nose to bleed afterward, and then you wonder, did I just rip out a piece of my body, or did I remove a hard booger? I gotta tell you, I don't know about you, but I get them the worst. I mean, I typically, I just take a piece of paper towel, napkin, tissue, whatever, and I blow my nose, I'm good to go. But during hard booger season, it will solidify into a piece of concrete in my nose, in the depths of it, to where I have to do the old spin the Kleenex around in circles inside, or physically tear the booger out with my finger, looking like a seven-year-old kid who's digging in for a pot of gold, who's gold digging, and then, you know, usually they wipe it on a wall. At least I don't do that. You know, I find somewhere to put this thing, and then I wash my hands immediately out of sheer disgust for myself, out of sheer horror that whatever solid rock of a booger came out of my nose. I can't believe it. I feel embarrassed, but it's, what can you do? It's just the way your anatomy is. There's no avoiding it. It's dry and cold, and your body's adapting to that for the winter season by producing concrete, solid, rock-like hard boogers that you have to tear out of your nose and it's just a painful endeavor. Now, I'm, I hope you enjoyed this segment because I just ranted for two and a half minutes about hard boogers. Bet you haven't heard a podcast do something like that. There's a ton of Christmas movies out there. Everybody has their favorites. You know, I've done, I've gone over a list once or twice, probably not on the podcast, but in my life of what I think to be some of the best Christmas movies. But there's some Christmas movies that you watch as an adult and realize there's people in it that then became famous for something else or grew up into, you know, super well-known actors and actresses. And you never realized it was that person when you were a kid because, you know, you don't know shit when you're a kid. And some circumstances like that are mind-blowing. This happened to me yesterday while watching Ernest Saves Christmas. I used to love all the Ernest movies. Ernest Scared Stupid, great Halloween flick. Ernest joins the Navy or the Army or something or other like that. Hilarious as well. But Ernest Saves Christmas is by far the best out of all of them. He literally saves Christmas, but the whole time screws everything up on the way because... He's earnest. That's that's what he does. That's his M.O. But there's a girl in this movie, the side hair, ultra 90s chick with black or with brunette hair that follows around Ernest. She's a runaway. She's a compulsive liar. And at one point she steals Santa's magical bag and then returns it in the movie. If you've ever seen this, you know what I'm talking about. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, then I'm sorry for you for listening to this entire spiel about nothing. But that same girl, I then realized after seeing that she she just looks so much more familiar to me now as an adult. I'm like, what is she from? 
Well, she plays Veronica in Clerks. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't believe it. I don't think she's done anything after that, basically ever. But she full-on is one of the main characters in one of my favorite movies of all time, Clerks. I'm telling you, it's weird to see people when they're young like this and you don't realize it. And then you're like, dude, this chick was like fully one of the main people in one of my favorite movies of all time. And she's also in one of my favorite Christmas movies of all time, but I didn't realize until I put two and two together. Now, this happened to me again a while back. I think it was last year. I bit the bullet, and for the first time in like 10 or 15 years, I decided to watch with my kids Home Alone 3. There's actually two Home Alone 3s. There's the lesser-known... Home Alone 3 that I I believe nobody's ever seen. But the more well-known Home Alone 3 that has the kid from... I think he's from Liar Liar as well. But either way, Scarlett Johansson is the little boy's sister in Home Alone 3. And I find that to be hilarious. Like, I didn't realize it until I watched it again last year. And I'm like, no way. Is that ScarJo? It is. She's like, gotta be like 12, maybe 13 in this. It's so funny. It's also a little creepy. Because as an adult, when you fantasize about actors and actresses, you know. I mean, only actresses in my case. But I'm sure there's some women out there that do fantasize about many actors as well. But Scarlett Johansson, not on the top of my list. Not really at all. But my brother's list, yeah, my brother talks about ScarJo all the time. He's in love with her. He is obsessed, and he met her while working at Starbucks in Coronado. He took down the name of somebody when they were ordering coffee. He's like, what's your name? She said, Scarlett. He looks up. It's Scarlett Johansson. That's pretty awesome. Maybe that's why he's in love with her. Either way, it's super creepy and weird now to see her as a little kid. You know, which got me thinking. When I was about 12 or 13, I had a crush on girls that were my age. They were 12 and 13. And then I thought, is it gross that at one point in my life, I had a sexual tension towards a girl of that young age? I mean, I was the same age, so it shouldn't be weird. But now when I think about it now, it's disgusting. It's messed up. You know, I can't even look at a girl unless she's like 25 now. I mean, granted, women under the age of 25 just annoy me because of their immaturity. And I know if you're 18, you're legal, so you should be acceptable. But, uh, you know, I just don't look at women like that. But there it is, folks. ScarJo is the sister in Home Alone 3. If you didn't know that, watch it again. I'm sure it's been years or you've never watched it. it. It is terrible. I mean, it is a bad movie. It's not good, but it's funny to watch it because of her in it, and little kids still get entertained by it. You know, they just want to see more Macaulay Culkin battling bad guys type movie, and number three, I guess, does something like that, and it's enough for them, but it sucks. If I had to rate the film, I would give it a one out of ten, I'm telling you, I'm not kidding, a one out of ten, it's just terrible. 
But ScarJo's the uh, the sister, and that's pretty funny. Well, folks, apparently Mike Tyson blazed it up. Yeah, that's right. Smoked some marijuana before his fight with Roy Jones Jr. That is hilarious. I mean, why wouldn't he? He's in that industry. He owns, I don't know if it's a dispensary or something. He's definitely in the cannabis industry in some way. And he's a big time advocate for the green substance that I happen to love so much. Now, with that being said, how much money did these guys make? Well, it looks like the boxers, both Jones Jr. and Mike Tyson, stand to make around $3 million a piece. Not to mention all the money they actually made for charity and everybody else who fought that night, including Jake Paul and Nate Robinson, who get paid $600 a piece. That's it. 600 bucks. Yep. Nate Robinson, you got knocked the F out on pay-per-view, dropped to your face. I mean, if you have seen the knockout, I don't know if you haven't seen it, then you need to. He literally lands on his face and bounces. It's, it's really sad and disturbing. He f bounced off his face on a pay-per-view for 600 bucks. Yep. 600 bucks is not a lot of money. To get, I mean, I, I'm not getting paid that. If somebody's like, hey, get knocked out on pay-per-view for 600 bucks. No, no, absolutely not. I can go make 600 bucks in many different ways that doesn't hurt that bad and doesn't destroy my ego and doesn't embarrass me and doesn't put me on blast. I mean, that just sucks for him big time. But the real star of the show was definitely Snoop Dogg and his commentary during the fighting the dude is hilarious. He just is. Man, I used to just kind of think, I'm like, ah, oh, Snoop Dogg, you know, he's just a stupid, stoned out of his mind, wannabe gangster. No, I love the guy. He's actually semi-intelligent, a great businessman, and you know what? As much as he smokes, he still comprehends, you know, and is aware of his surroundings much more so than a lot of people who smoke weed. Most people who take hits of a joint on stage while rapping would not be able to five minutes later commentate a boxing match and do it in a hilarious fashion. Kudos to you, Snoop. You stole the show. You always do. And man, so much for this whole charity thing. Making three million apiece is a pretty good payday. I would get beat up for eight rounds for three million bucks. That's a guarantee. I'll let anyone beat my ass for three million. Like, get in line. Who wants a shot at Peter Hankst? Probably a lot of people, sadly. I, I would suspect that there's, you know, at least a list of ten or more people in this world that would love to beat my ass. But they're not going to pay me three million bucks to do it. That is faux show. Boy, are we about to see a lot of Ryan Reynolds. Now, he just wrapped up filming for Red Notice with Gal Gadot and Dwayne The Rock Johnson. So we know that that movie is done, ready to go, anytime. They just have to figure out how to make money off of that. But it's a Netflix original movie, so it most likely will just come out on Netflix. 
and people who have the service will be able to watch it and enjoy it. But he also has Free Guy all finished up and the release of it was delayed indefinitely. So we have no idea when that's going to happen. Probably next year. We we have to assume they're not just going to spontaneously say, oh, by the way, now we're going to release Free Guy after all these additional regulations concerning the coronavirus have been put into play and nobody can do anything once again. But there's another movie that Ryan Reynolds is working on at this moment called The Atom Project, also a Netflix original movie, which sees him go back in time to team up with his former self to save their dad, a famous physicist played by Mark Ruffalo, who has the capability to save the world, but some of his technology gets taken by an evildoer that they must stop. That's correct. Ryan Reynolds working on another movie with two already finished up that haven't come out yet. Everyone wants to see Deadpool 3 that he hasn't even come close to started filming. We have no idea when that's going to happen. We all wanted him to do a cameo as the Green Lantern in the Snyder Cut and thought that he would, but he doesn't have time to do it. I mean, there's so many things that he is either working on, already finished up with, or we want him to do. I mean, is he ever going to be able to do Deadpool 3? I don't think so. Between his aviation gin, you know, business and his Twitter feud with Hugh Jackman and all these movies he's working on or he's finishing up or he's already done with, I just don't see Deadpool 3 coming out to like 2024 or something crazy. Especially with this pandemic BS that slows down everything to a crawl. Our entire lives are at a snail's pace because of this. We've wasted an entire year of our lives while somehow Ryan Reynolds is out there making movies nonstop. I mean, I'd like to be out making movies. Why don't I get to make movies? This is crazy. All I know is I can't get enough of the guy. He's the best. I He is absolutely one of my idols. And I can't wait to see Red Notice, Free Guy, and now The Atom Project. Does everybody know what time it is? Tool time! That's right, and here's your host, Tim the Tool Man Taylor. If you don't know what that's from, then I don't know you as a person. But what actual time it is, is time for the Peter Gabbett Real Stories segment of the podcast brought to you by me, Peter Timothy Hangst, and Barbecusion. That's B-B-Q-U-S-I-O-N. We can be found on Saturdays at Duckfoot and Miramar. Today, folks, I'm going to tell you the story of Christmas lights. The same thing I deal with every year. I get out my Christmas lights. Most of them don't work anymore. I can't find a staple gun, so I go to borrow my older brother's. But this year was a bit different and a bit the same. Yeah. So yesterday, I'm like, all right, I need to put up these Christmas lights. You know, if I don't do it now, I'm not going to do it probably ever. And then I'll get too close to Christmas and just figure, screw it. And I've done that before. But the wife, the kids, they don't like that. They want to be in the Christmas spirit. They want to see those lights. 
at night when we pull up to the house, which we won't do probably this whole winter because of the pandemic. But either way, I, it was my decision. It was my plan. I'm going to put up the Christmas lights. And I got started around 3, which gave me, a, you know, one and a half, maybe two hours of daylight before I'm working in the dark. So I, I, you know, seek out the Christmas lights wherever they ended up. That's one of the issues with a lot of people. Where the hell did you put your lights last year? You know, or did you move houses? Did you change around storage? Are they in a bucket that's see-through so you can see that they're there? Or are they in a solid red bucket that's supposed to be your, you know, a red tote with a top? And that's your designated Christmas tote. Either way, mine was in, luckily, a transparent container. So I could see where they were. I knew exactly where they were. I grabbed them, pulled them out, and I began untangling them like everyone does. I kept mine pretty nice, actually. I was able to keep each strand of lights into separate bundles. I was surprised with myself this year from what I did last year organization-wise. I was like, hey, you know what? Props to you last year, Peter, for making this year much easier for me. Very good. So I'm pulling out the lights and I'm figuring out a way to get the extension cord from my outside front yard outlet, which is in my carport, all the way to the beginning of the front of my house so that I don't have lights going into my carport because that just looks stupid. So I get uh, outlet strip, one of those power strips with like five or six, you know, connections. I connect a two-prong extension cord to that, which then I realize won't connect to a real extension cord that has the three prongs unless I get an adapter. So I put the adapter on, then I connect the three prong, then I, you know, spread that out to the front of my house, but it's too long, which is a weird problem to have. So then I ravel it up in a place where it doesn't look stupid and make it, you know, pull it a little bit taunt so that it's, you know, it's all nice and tight there. And then after all of that, I'm ready to connect some lights. So I take out the first strand of lights and they're multicolored small lights. You know which ones I'm talking about, where half the time there's one or two that goes out, but hopefully you have the one that has three actual cords or three little little wires that instead of the two wires there used to be only two wires and so when one of the bulbs went out the whole strain wouldn't work or the whole strand in this case i have the three so the strands will work even if one of them's out doesn't matter to me so i connect it and i'm like yeah this looks good it's around my first window i'm totally i'm on point right now i'm like i'm doing what i should do and then I look in the box and I realize all the rest of the lights are the large bulb multicolored lights. And I'm like, you know what? Nobody will notice. I've got some small bulb ones to begin, but I'm going to finish with all the large bulb ones and make it look good. So I connect, I connect the next strain of, of lights. The next strain? Why do I keep calling it a strain? The next strand of lights. I can't even speak. I connect the next strand of lights they're the large bulb multicolor. And I get about halfway and I realize, you know, maybe I should test these before I start staple gunning my house. You know, like, 
I don't want to just staple gun this whole strand of lights and then realize they don't work. So I plug them in. Yeah, that's correct. They don't work. So I'm like, all right, those are trash. Get rid of them. Give me the next one. I grab the next one. I see one of the wires at the end is like pulled out somehow, which I have no idea how this is possible because last year everything was fine, but I'm kind of picturing how I removed them last year and I think I just kind of yanked them off of the, the walls of the outside of my house with no regard to the staples that were still left embedded into the wood. So with that memory in mind, I decide to check the rest of the lights that I have None of which work. Yep, I'm that stupid. I I somehow ruined all my strands of lights by the removal of them last year. And all I was left with was all white large bulb lights. All white large bulbs. You can't mix all white large bulbs with small multicolored lights. Now, I planned on doing it. I was like, hey, you know, I don't care. I started doing it. The wife comes out. She gets pissed. She's like, this looks stupid and tacky. I don't want large white bulb lights mixed with small multicolored lights. This is stupid. Don't even do it. Just forget about the whole thing. Now, I was, I got to admit, sort of offended by the fact that she didn't want my lights up after all the preparation I had done. At this point, it's 4.30. I got like 30 minutes of daylight left. And I said, screw this. So I jumped in a car, smashed to Walmart, came back. It's now like 5.15. It's getting dark, but I don't care. I'm using lights to put up lights at this point. I bought some other multicolored lights that were small bulb. So they match the ones that I already have. They're not the exact same type, so they're a little bit different. But at that point, I was like, I don't care what anybody says. I'm putting these lights up. I've already started it. I've already done most of the work. I'm putting these up, and that's all there is to it. So I decided to put up the lights while they were on so they could kind of light my way, and I wouldn't need like to hold a flashlight while I'm staple gunning lights in the dark. I knew there would be some sort of issue. Uh, maybe I'd staple gun my hand or something dumb because I couldn't see. So I did it this way purposely. And I got to tell you, as much as you probably expected this story to take a really bad turn for the worst, it worked out phenomenally. I even shot the staples through some of the wires on the new lights, like multiple spots. And they still worked. So, you know, perhaps now they're a fire hazard or something. But that's not going to matter to me. In the end, I put up the lights. They all match. It looks amazing. It was hellacious, not fun, and probably my least favorite thing to do out of all of Christmas stuff. But I got it done. And if you want to check out a house with a decent amount of lights, come see mine because it looks badass. Thank you very much for listening to the Peter Gabbett Podcast today, folks. I hope you have put up some Christmas lights and you are in the Christmas spirit. If not, you know, whatever. I don't judge. I've skipped a couple years before, that's for sure. I appreciate you listening so much today. I will talk to you all tomorrow. Now, folks, speaking of the holidays, there is a, <laughs> a rapper from 
the Rough Riders, this is an old, like, 90s hip-hop group that I sadly listened to because I thought it was a G, named Holiday Styles, and I have no idea why I liked this guy when I did, but I totally did. I bought in, so to speak, and uh, I actually don't hate this song to this day that I'm going to play for you called Holiday, and it's got Swiss Beats is the name of the guy, and I, I got to tell you, I don't even know what you're going to think about me after this. You'll probably think much less of me, but I screw it. Nigga. It don't stop. Keep going and going and going and going. Motherfucker. You heard it from the P, you ought to know it's the truth. If I get you kidnapped and raped and thrown off a roof, you can nod your head to this like it's only a rat. Cause when these bullets hit your ass, I'm like it's only a gat. I need the funeral to feel good, I'm hoping it's yours. Think he religious? Heard he got shot in the cross. Holiday styles, bitch, I broke most of the laws. Fuck with the Porsche, flip to the boots, stick to the truth. Do anything it takes just to get to the sloop. And missing the tooth, but both of them chip. Toast his grip, you heard about the trouble, I stopped most of the shit. When I squeeze, ain't no control in the wrist. And niggas leave the room when they hear the peak blowing a Swiss. I'm an ignorant and negative nigga. I sell crack, bust guns, pop shit, and say I'm better than niggas. Think not, I look at your man and level a nigga. If you think a rapper's better, why don't you give me his name? So I can run up on him, tear him up, and give you his frame. When it comes to the streets, I'm the nigga to call. Five, eight, and three quarters, but I'm bigger than y'all. If I left the gun home, I'ma give you the sword. I'm the devil in the flesh, I can't give you the Lord. It don't make no sense for you to pray for your life. I got my niggas in the crib, you oughta pray for your wife. Uh-huh. I gotta make it to heaven for going through hell. Holiday. And I don't care if I sell, y'all know what I sell. Holiday. I use my left hand when I'm loading the shells. I know it ain't right, that's why I'm blowing the L I do it all for my niggas, even ride with a bomb Get shot, die in his arm, and give him my last It's a million dollar bail, I'ma get him the cash I sell crack like it's 88, I live in the past You know the P, carry the gun, live in the mask Tell niggas, show me the money and give me the stash I like Malibu and pineapple, 50's a hash Hunters a drove, wear my clothes a week in a row Sleep on the floor, catch me right next to the door I'm holiday styles, and that's what the weapons you for And I probably won't blow for the fact that I'm hard But I'm good with 10 million in the back of the car Either that or get life and lift the back in the yard Getting juice from the old timers, passing the cars But jail ain't part of the plans I keep weight on the scale, cause I feel I get further with grams my last few bars, I run through niggas like my last few cars And crash him up, the boy might have went platinum but don't gas him up I get his length and his whip and get his casket cut I don't deal with the snakes and fakes, but I deal with the comas and wakes I don't make mistakes, double R now bitch you are the norm the ghost Blow up your face, blow up the coke and blow up the smoke I gotta make it to heaven for going through hell Y'all know what I sell Holiday I use my left hand when I'm loading the shells Holiday Cause I 
know it ain't right, that's why I'm blowing the L. Uh -huh. Holiday. I gotta make it to heaven for going through hell. Holiday. And I don't care if I sell, y'all know what I sell. Holiday. I use my left hand when I'm loading the shells. Holiday. Cause I know it ain't right, that's why I'm blowing the L.